0: Real gon, real, gon' recognize, real, gon' recognize, real, gon' recognize, real, real, pony, gon' recognize still, still reckon I will.
1: Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get to shine, let throw so your hands
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Another week of the KIRP radio show. Another week of me being hoarse, as usual, folks. My voice is gone. You guys know how it goes down how it goes down. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um I got a lot of liquids here beside me because the show must go on. Can't stop the show just because I'm a little bit hoarse, but uh Shout-out to everybody out there who's watching, man. I got people from Tampa, Florida. Shout-out to my old folks down in there in the Tampa area. Shout-out to all you guys. Appreciate the love that you show. I appreciate you guys supporting the show. It's uh, Sunday, 11-13. We just celebrated Veterans Day. Shout-out to all the veterans out there. Big hoorah for all you guys who support, who uh, put their life on the line, and who fight for this country. Definitely got to give a B.I.G. shout-out to all the soldiers out there, and I appreciate what you do. Despite of what we made here um a lot a lot of people what I what I saw so what I call nonsense, a lot of people talking nonsense about, you know, how would you you know, how could you fight for this country, how could you do this with America being this way and America being that way. I salute all you guys and I appreciate everybody for what they do for this country. And you know, my heart goes out to you and your families. I really appreciate for you fighting for me, despite what you do for America. So I definitely appreciate it. BIG shout out to you all and uh, much love to you. Also, got to give a shout out to my people out there from Concord, North Carolina, always showing us some love out there in Concord. I appreciate the love you guys show. Also coming through, giving us some love, all the people in Miami, Florida. I got We got a lot of Florida love coming through here tonight. So shout out to all my people from the Hip Hop Republican blog. I'm sorry, Hip Hop Conservative blog that always come through and listen to the show. And shout out to everybody out there who listening in Los Angeles and in Washington, D.C., Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. You guys know how we do um, moving right along, it's been a it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy week in the news. Uh, there's been a lot going on in the news, and, and it seems like every week I come on the show, and I and I always say, you know, there's been a lot going on because there's always a lot going on. But there's been a lot of nonsense um, that's been happening or or being brought to the light. Let's say it like that. There's a lot of nonsense that's being brought to the light, and some things that have. Uh, surfaced if you will. And uh it it's it's real ugly right now. There's a lot of things that's real ugly going on right now in uh in, in the world of sports in, in in collegiate sports and also in in the world of uh, politics if you will. Um Herman Cain, who who was the Republican nominee, conservative Herman Cain, let me say that, who's uh repushing on who was pushing on the Republican ticket has a lot of scandals that uh, that have come out. A lot of people talking sideways and people have been popping I, I saw one story that said a woman said that Herman Cain beat her with a turkey. <clears throat> uh, y'all should see the look on my face. I got that look. You know how like you turn your mouth to the side and you roll your eyes. I got one of those looks on my face. Said uh, uh, Herman Cain beat the woman with a turkey. But uh, there have also been some credible uh, accusations, if you will, if you want to call them credible. I, I would like to call them credible at this point only because there have been some attorneys talking for these people. There've been there've been some money trails. That and it it's it's been a lot of facts um that's been brought forward with you know with some of these claims. So I, I mean we'll we'll see what happens. Um the biggest story to me is the Penn State, the Jerry Sandusky scandal or Jerry Sandusky or whatever you want to call them. Um it's been that that's been the biggest thing to me that's been happening right now, that's been going on. And uh man I don't know if you guys read the grand jury report on what happened in, 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 you know, with Penn state, but I will say, man, it's, it's, you talk about bringing tears to your, tears to your eyes, tears to your eyes. Let me tell you, um, it, it's, it's absolutely, man, it, it, I can't believe it. You know, I, I can't believe some of the things that I've read in that grand jury report and I, you know, it, it's just, I'm at I'm at a loss for words for, for what I what I see um reading that grand jury report about Jerry Sanduskin and, and you know being over there in Penn State and the things he's been doing for all these years. For all these years the things that the man's been doing, um, right under the noses of other coaches, other staff members, other parents, other kids. And and what may have you, man. So we're going to talk about scandals when we come back right after Charlotte gives her report. Uh, You know, we're going to talk about some scandals. I want to know how you guys feel about the things that's been going on right now lately in politics and in sports right now. Um, You know, on on my blog, it's called hiphopconservative.wordpress.com. I was talking about stop snitching, right? And, and, And I just, I only know one way to keep it. And that, and that's just to keep it real. But uh, normally, when you, 60 Minutes did a special on 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 the quote unquote stop snitching movement, right? And that got me to thinking. I said, man, you know, when when you talk about snitching, and, and I've even said this, you know, it, it's only the black community that you're talking about, or that you're talking to, or that you're referring to. I mean, let's just keep it 100. You can call it what you like, but we're just talking about. The urban community, the black community, when you start talking about stop snitching, I mean, that's where the term pretty much came from, you know, and and that's who, when folks talk about stop snitching, that's who they've been relating to. But I can't agree with that. I'll say any longer. I can't agree with that any longer because a lot of things that's been coming about in other white neighborhoods or the white communities or other communities other than the urban community. And it got me to thinking, I said, well, man, this, this is crazy because, you know, you look at all these kids with the Penn State issue, and, and you know, I think there's a, there's a disservice that's been done to those kids in neighborhoods outside of the black community because people are talking about stop snitching and they only refer to the black community. When people are being silent, and really that's what stop snitching is about, when people are being silent in other neighborhoods and other communities as well. So it's time that we put all the racial things to the side. And when we start talking about ridiculous terms, because you you can go back to 60 minutes, you know, when they did their special on this and, and come on folks, we all know what we're talking about. When we say stop snitching, I'm going to keep it real. We're talking about the urban community, but I'm here to tell you that we need to stand up and take care of our kids and do what's right in all communities in all communities. Anyway, we're going to come back to that. I'm just going to let that marinate. Right now we're going to bring Charlotte on, and she's going to bring us Charlotte from Triumph Super Savers, a.k.a. StretchingYourBudget.com. She always comes through to give us um, some tips on how to live frugal, how to save a couple dollars. Charlotte is on with us now. Charlotte, how you doing?
3: Hey, how you doing?
2: Voice is gone, but I'm here. (laughs) Again? (laughs) Every week it's football. That's what does it to me. That's what do it to me.
3: That's okay. At least it's for a
2: good cause. It is for a good cause. You know, I, I get out there and get to yellow, man. I'm, I just I have flashbacks of when I was a kid, and I really want to play. You should see me, man. I'm running up and down the sidelines with them, and I'm I'm animated as ever, man. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's beautiful out there playing football or watching, not playing, but watching and coaching these kids. So I love it. That's awesome. I'm sure so they
3: enjoy having you, have? you out there, too.
2: Oh, yeah, man. They love man. They love Coach Al, man. They they love me. They don't call me Coach P. They call me Coach Al. They love me out there. They tell me sometimes they get <laughs> mad at me and get sick of me, though, because I'm always running my mouth about how to be responsible, I, <laughs> how to look up when somebody's talking to you, or don't look down, or don't get upset. So I, I'm the lecturer on the team, but I'm also the teacher on the team. And I, I think the kids appreciate it. The parents tell me so, most of them. Well, that's good. They need to learn the lesson
3: here, man.
2: No doubt. So, um, what do you got for us this uh, this week?
3: Well, um, in light of the upcoming biggest shopping day of the year, I thought I would discuss um, where you can get some of the best buys on the biggest items that you might be looking for this Christmas.
2: Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna gain a couple pounds, so you can bring that information on. I got my pen ready. Let's go.
3: <laughs> I figured you might like this topic. Oh yeah. Well, um yeah you know, we've been doing a lot of research at stretching your budget and trying to um get all the Black Friday ads out to you guys um I don't know if you have looked, but um, I just typed up the entire Walmart Black Friday ad on Friday um so you can see it tight or the actual copy um of the ads is is visual like I am you can look at it or I have it grouped by when the sale starts and the items that are on sale so If you prefer it that way, it might be a little bit easier for you to look at it. So um, there's, you know, and I just posted the Target Black Friday ad, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. If you've never shopped Black Friday, um, it can be a little bit intimidating, but my husband and I absolutely love doing Black Friday shopping. It's just like a time where it's just me and him, and we get in the zone, and it's like game on, so... If you've never shopped Black Friday, I would say it's definitely something you should try if you enjoy, you know, getting out and doing that kind of thing. If you don't like, um, you know, fighting the crowds and worrying about crazy people, then you can um, also try to get these deals online. A lot of these stores are offering the same sales online um, just at a certain time. So, like, Walmart um, will have the items um, For sale at 3 a.m., or you can go to Sam's Club and buy the um, same items Wednesday um, prior to Thanksgiving. So, just be on the lookout for those other options, so that you know that you can still get the same deals, but not necessarily have to rush in the madness. The only downside to doing that online is that you might not um, get—you know—they might limit like 10 per item. So you know, the chances of you um, getting on the computer and fighting those 10 other people is kind of slim to none. So just know that you may or may not get that deal. Um, But, you know, with the stores, you see, you know, TV sometimes portrays it as crazy people fighting and, you know, getting punched out and all that kind of crazy stuff. But it's really not like that. Um, (laughs) We've gone the past three years, and they have it very well regulated. Walmart gives out tickets. Um, So you get in line, make sure that you're back at the time that they say and you have a ticket um, and you can get that item. So as long as you have a ticket, you're guaranteed the item. Um, Target, just make sure that you, um, you know, don't trample, can't run. If they see anybody running or trying to fight, then they will escort you out. They have police there and everything. So we've never run into anything crazy. Um, Maybe a little fight over the $5 DVDs, but that's about it. (laughs) So I wanted to um, just touch base with a couple of the hot ticket items that you might be looking for, and maybe next week I can go into a couple more items as more ads come out. Um, but it really looks like Best Buy is going to be the hottest place to be. Um, this year they are going to have, if you're looking for TVs, then there's three stores that I would probably recommend you just kind of scan in those ads to see if it's something that you'll you want to look. But Best Buy has the best deal. They're going to have a sharp 42-inch LCD 1080p HD TV, that's not a tongue twister for you, um, for $199.99. I, like, had to do a double take. I thought that was just, like, a misprint, but it's not. Um, If you've been looking at TVs, you know that this is, like, the best deal you'll ever find. The only downside to this is that it's limit 10 per store, so you've got to be willing to do some camping out for this price. Um, and the next place that probably has the best deal would be um, Walmart. They have a Samsung 51-inch plasma HD TV for $498. Um, so that's a pretty pretty awesome deal for 51-inch plasma. And then the the other deal on TV that I saw was Target has a Westinghouse 46-inch 1080p LCD TV for $298. Um, so those are the hottest deals on TVs. Um, really, Best Buy, again, is, like, just the number one awesome deal. So I'll be fighting you in line if you come to Winston. <laughs> um, the Blu-ray players, uh, that's that's always, you know, a hot ticket item. Again, the Best Buy has the best deal. Um, they have a Toshiba Wi-Fi Blu-ray player for $39.99. If you know anything about Wi-Fi Blu-ray players, that is a steal. Um, and those are going to be a limit of 20 per store. And then Walmart probably has the next best deal with um, an LG Blu-ray player for um, $49. So those are the best deals that I saw on Blu-ray players. And um, I did another price comparison for laptops. I know that a lot of times people are looking for laptops this time of year, Um So Best Buy, again, has the best deal with a Lenovo 15.6-inch laptop, and they have that for $179.99. And Walmart has the next best deal. They have a compact Presario 15.6-inch dual-core laptop for $198. Um, So, again, those are two really good deals on laptops. And the last deal I saw was gaming. I know a lot of people um, have kids that are really into gaming systems, and so the best deal that I saw was an Xbox 360 4-gigabyte console for 139.99. Again, that's at Best Buy. So Best Buy really looks like it's going to be the best place to be, but unfortunately they do have limits on those items. So, um, you know, if, if you want to get these good deals, you need to get there super early. Best Buy will be starting these deals at 12 a.m. Friday morning. Um, So you can start lining up really early as you'd like. (laughs) Um, And then Target as well will be starting at 12 a.m. And Walmart has their sales actually broken out into three different times. So, you know, you'll need to look at the um, flyer, which we have up again. But um, their toy, most of their toys and gaming systems and that type of thing will go on at 10 p.m. Thursday on Thanksgiving night. And then they'll have most of their electronics at 12 a.m. And then several other miscellaneous items will again be at 8 a.m. the next morning on Friday. So that's the best deals that I've seen so far on Black Friday. I,
2: I like that TV deal, man. I could use an extra TV in this place, in this crib. That's
3: for 200 bucks. A- that's an awesome deal, especially for 1080p.
2: <laughs> oh, man. But but see, people got to remember now, don't, don't go in debt. Just trying to that's shop true. because it's on sale, or well, you end up with a house like the hoarders. You, right. that? Just you know what I'm those take your cards with you. <laughs>
3: Whew,
2: Man, I, I can't. I have no room on my credit card to do anything. You understand me? <laughs>
3: well, that's Nothing. probably a good thing at
2: least for right now. <laughs> <laughs> those are those are definitely some good tips, man. And you know, Thanksgiving is around the corner, and uh, we're gonna do a. A food drive as a as a foundation or and a, excuse me an organization that myself and my pal Rashad Woods we started called I love being a black father and, and what we're gonna do we're getting together in Greensboro North Carolina and uh, we're just gonna we're gonna hand out food for about five hours you know um, it's gonna when be that good be? home that'll be on the 20th and uh, the location is tentative so be on the lookout but we'll be posting that real soon so I hope to see you out there you Definitely, I will put that up on my page as well. Yeah, I'll keep you um, I'll keep you posted. We're still trying to figure out uh, exactly where we want to do it. We have about three places, so we just want to make sure. I mean, it's pretty much confirmed, but we just want to make sure, and we should do that by Tuesday. So, you know, I'll let you know about that. And it's, it's not only for homeless, it's for anybody who, who just needs a good home-cooked meal. You know what I mean? It's going to mm-hmm. be good food. And, uh, you know, so I, I challenge, you know, everybody spread the word. Tell your coworkers, you know, tell somebody you know that that may need a good home-cooked meal. Look for it on the website, and we'll have some of that stuff up here. We'll be broadcasting live also.
3: Okay, great. Yeah, I'm going to um, try to this week as well, just speaking of Thanksgiving and and giving back. That's something that we're really into as well. But um, I'm going to try to, you know, do a little price comparison for at least our local grocery stores. And Mm -hmm. some of the national like Walmart and Target prices on your staple things like um, stuffing and box potatoes, gravy, that kind of thing, things that you need for Thanksgiving meals. And so, you know, hopefully by us showing you the best deals, you can just easily go and get these items to be able to give more to people than just trying to go and spend full price on items until like, you know, it's kind of like a burden because sometimes people don't have a lot of money and they do want to give back. So, you know, hopefully with you know a couple of saving tips, you know you might be able to give more to people and it, it not be a burden. So,
2: no doubt we got to try to keep some of this cash that we're making, man. You know what I mean? Right. Charlotte, I appreciate you coming through as as usual. Always dropping some good advice and giving us some good information, man. I appreciate you and thanks for coming through.
3: Thank you. You're so welcome.
2: All right, so you listen to the. You're listening to the KRP Radio Show with Pudgy. Just had Charlotte on from Triad Super Savers. We have to go to a commercial. We'll be right back here in just a second. Don't forget, the second half we got my man Dan Forrest is gonna be on the air. We're gonna come back. We're gonna take a couple calls, and we're gonna talk about this Penn State stuff, man. You know, Penn State is they going crazy out there. Jerry Sandusky, man, they need to chop your meat off.
0: the 21st century version of slavery. The IRS has become the overseer of the American people. In a Herman Cain administration, April 15th will no longer be a day to be dreaded. My 999 Economic Growth and Jobs Plan is a major step who was tearing the chains off the backs of the American people. We have got to supercharge the growth of this economy. Herman Cain says it's really time for massive tax cuts. Take the current tax code and replace it with a 9% tax on corporate profits, a personal flat tax of 9%. The tax code goes away. You don't have to fill out all of those crazy forms. And a 9% national sales tax. We'll all be able to say, free at last. We will replace oppression with prosperity.
2: 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, The address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today.
1: C-H-E-W Once again, that's www.soundchew.com The number one online music tournament
2: on the air, man. Uh, I Had to go to a quick commercial real quick. Just remember that was Charlotte from Triad Super Savers who just came on just a moment ago. Gave us a little couple tips on about, you know, how to live a little bit more frugal. You know, how to save a couple dollars and how to do better in your lifetime, man. It's a beautiful thing that, that we can have somebody who dedicates their life to everybody else living a little bit better, how to save a couple dollars. So, I definitely appreciate all this, all she does. And uh Triad Super Savers, man. Look her up on Facebook. You could also check out the website. It's at uh, stretchingyourbudget.com, and uh, she also has, had, she has coupons on there. I mean, don't be ashamed of coupons, man. If you're not ashamed of food stamps, I know damn well you're not ashamed of coupons. Come on now. But uh, clip your coupons, man, and print them off on your printer. Take them to the store and be proud of them, man, because you're just putting a couple dollars in your pocket. And, I mean, look at it on, Look at it this way. If you can save 20 to $30 by clipping coupons, you can put that towards a bill or towards your savings, and before you know it, you've accumulated a nice amount of money. So, you know, look at look at it the smart way, man. Be smart about what you're doing. Shout out to everybody who always listen to the show, man. Coming through, you guys make the show big, and we are the number one black conservative radio station in the Southeast United States, baby. Right now, with over 195,000 listeners, and I really appreciate you guys holding us down, man. You really, really. Really hold this down. Shout out to all my brothers out there who are part of my uh, foundation, the organization, I'm sorry, called I Love, I Love Being a Black Father. Definitely B.I.G. Shout out to my man, Rashad Woods, who puts tremendous time into this organization, man, tremendous time into this organization. He actually put more time on his org- organization than I do. So, you know, with all the success that we're having, all the noise that we're making, I definitely give major props to him, and I'm more like his assistant you know somehow we put it together we make it happen so big shout out to you oh, moving right along man there's um you know we were talking about morals and uh we were talking about you know what happened with penn state and you know joe pa got fired and uh you know i and i brought the thing to to the table about stop snitching you know what i mean a lot of people were saying you know stop snitching stop snitching this is why we can't solve any crimes, or this is why we can't resolve any problems in the community when it comes to the authorities, because folks just won't speak out. And I agree that this is happening, but what I'm saying is that this does not only happen in the urban community. This happens everywhere, and this Penn State thing is just part of what I'm saying, just a a huge part of what I'm saying, because, you know, reading the grand jury report, I found that a couple of parents knew what happened. You know, they questioned it at first. And then it, it seems as though they gave up, maybe because of the the magnitude of who they were up against. You know Jerry Sandusky and the whole Penn State aura that he has with him, the whole Penn State gang. And uh, you know this thing is this this not this stop snitching thing or this won't report crimes thing. This is more, I, I think it's by affiliation. I mean, there's a there's a network of things that happen that people just won't talk about. To the outsiders, or what I like to call the outsiders, and anybody anybody that was anybody that was outside of the Penn State family probably didn't know about these things that happened. But I guarantee you, the, the people that were directly involved that saw Jerry Sandusky on on a regular basis, or that attended some of his charity meetings or some of his functions, I guarantee you, they knew that something was wrong because you know rumors get out. You know rumors get out, and when there's controversy. You know somebody always has something to say, especially something of this magnitude i mean the the authorities were involved before and uh you know, I just felt like that Joe Paterno getting termination was getting terminated excuse me I felt like his termination was was legitimate. Um, only because, you know, Jer Paterno, he pretty much, and, and I know he's an older man. Maybe he's not keeping up, but hell, if you're not keeping up, you shouldn't hold a job. Anyway, I got to go to a caller, man. The caller's been waiting here for a second. Out of the 252, two, we got quite a few. Last two numbers, zero, 06. You're on the air with Pudgy. What's up? Hey, Pudgy, this is James from
4: Wilson.
2: Hey, man, how are you? How are you?
4: You doing all right, man?
2: I'm doing lovely, man. I, you know, my voice is gone, but I feel great. How about you?
4: Oh no, but it's this—you know, it's, this turnover thing. You know, it's it's all go down to moral issues, man. And um, the bottom line is we need God. And uh, it's sad mm-hmm. that these things happen. The man thinks they can solve all the problems. and They can't. They can't solve the problems. And um, I don't care who you are. And um, just just man, I just want to let you know that we need prayer,
5: a lot of prayer. Mm.
2: I, I I think man, I, I think we need a whole. Well, you said it. We need a whole lot of prayer. But you know what, man? I think that uh, uh, today, in our society today, um, prayer has been alienated when it comes to a public group of people. Prayer has been alienated, and they want to make religion the key problem to some of the problems that we have going on. And we know it's not so. I mean, you can see it before your own eyes. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah.
2: So I, I'm going to. Well, I no, go ahead, brother. You you got there. That.
4: That's why I'm having this December third meeting, um, and I'm glad you're coming to speak because it's it's basically educate people to let people know what's going on. Um, and There's so many uneducated people out there that don't know, and we and and like you said, it's inside, and they're not going to bring it out. It's like the media; they're going to keep it inside. They're not going to bring it out, and somebody's got to bring this out to let to let people know.
2: Do you do you think it's Speaking on inside, man, I I just got to touch on this for a minute, and I'm going to ask you, speaking on on Wilson County, there are a lot of things that happen in Wilson County, and I know various people that live in that county that that I'm from and and, and that you reside in, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yes, sir. there's, There's one scope of people who always know what happens outside of reading the newspaper because nobody reads the newspaper anymore. So there's there's one section of people that live within the city that know what happens, but I know a whole group of people who live outside of the city that don't even realize what's happening right before their eyes, and they don't even believe you. You know when you when you bring it up to them, you go, hey, did you know about, you know those two teenage girls that got killed last week? And they're going, what? Not in Wilson. You know that didn't happen here. So what's really what's really going on? With people today, are they not pay, are they not paying that much attention that some things like what happened with Jerry Sandusky can really be pulled over their eyes right in front of their eyes, or just people care not, you know, they don't care enough to even pay any attention to what they see.
4: I think people just don't. I think we're getting a complacent society where people, are like, well, they ain't got to do with me. I'm not going to be involved in it, and. And, and it just, it really hurt, breaks my heart to see that, but I really, i do a lot of witnessing and telling people about, I'm a political Christian activist, mm-hmm. and people don't want to hear what i got to say. And um, so it's its scary, but I think people have a complacent in mind. They don't want to, they don't want to know, uh, unless I know the better off I am. I don't want to know this. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I've heard, I've had people tell me that, uh, they say, you know what, man, it's, it's not, you know, when we're speaking on politics and I start talking about politics and the history of politics and why they should vote, I have people tell me, man, you know what, where there's nothing I can do about it, whether I vote or not, why, do, why do, don't people really want to know what's going on in front of them? Why, why, what's the biggest, to you, what's the biggest excuse that you hear, or, or what do you think the reason is for that, why people just don't want to understand what's going on?
4: Um, that's a horrible answer. Um, uh, like I said, it's probably complacent attitude. It's probably, um, a reprobate mind. Um, they just don't want to know, or it's, they just don't care. And that's the, and it don't care really scares me. But, um, cause when I, when the, bag the bottom falls out of the bag, we're all in trouble. But, uh, Amen. not we're all, let me take that back. If you're born again and love of the Lord, you're not in trouble. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah. But the ones that don't know God, you're in trouble, and you better be ready. But um, I really don't have a good answer for that because people are so complicated.
2: Well, you know what? We gotta we we gotta get together, and and, and you know I'll be there on December the third, and I'm gonna say my piece. And uh, it, you know, if you don't mind, I got a couple of other things that I like to address to people, and I may piss some people off, but that's what I'm good at out here. So. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man, we got to get together and really find out why people don't care and, and really brainstorm on this thing so we can approach it from that standpoint, so we can approach it from the reason that they don't care and, and you know, maybe tell them why they should care.
4: Maybe, um uh, I, I just got an answer Um, Wilson County in the city is predominantly Afro-American. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Democratic Party has programmed their minds. Hey, you got to be on social security. you got to be on social services, man. You got to have welfare. You got to let the government take care of you. And the Democrats are all the ones out there looking out for you. And I really believe that they're brainwashed to a point where the where Republicans don't love us. They don't care about us, you know. So that mm-hmm. might have a big factor.
2: I, I'll say I'll say through history that that has had a a major impact on the black community or whatever you, I'll call it the urban community and, 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 poor communities as well, because, you know, frankly, man, when you, when you have little and you can go to somebody and they give you, and then, you know, you pretty much at mercy to whatever advice they give you and whatever information they give you as well. So I can paint the picture when I give you the house or when I give you anything, but if I'm not giving you anything but information, I can't paint the picture. And frankly, you probably don't want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. Well,
4: I'm, I'm a big fan of Star Parker. Anybody, any of her name? Yeah, Star Parker. Yeah. Star. Shout out to Star. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of
2: hers. Um, I like where she stands. Star's a, she's a, she's a very controversial person, but she speaks the truth, man. Uh, for, for what I know it, you know, from what for what I know it to be worth. So, you know, B I G. Shout out to Star, man, and, and shout out to you for bringing her about too. Yeah, I see, I see you know what's going on. If you brought Star Parker, that means you're paying attention, brother.
4: Yes, sir. I I know I know a lot more I could tell you, but I just wanna go into detailed radio and scare everybody. So you gotta give it nuggets, you know. Um but that's why I've got you, man. We're gonna educate the people, we're gonna bring it out to them. And if you want if you do offense to people, I don't care about that because the people need to know the truth. As long as it's the truth, the defense ain't there. You know, it's the truth. I don't
2: and that's I never what I'm out to, for. <laughs> I never, I never intend to intend to defend you know, to get people upset. Or, or, you know, make them feel rough around the collar or uneasy. But sometimes those are the best lesson learned, man. So, you know, it is what it is. I appreciate you calling through, man. And I will definitely see you real soon, Jay. I will
4: see you. I'm looking toward Kevin Daniels being there too, and Don Watson and all. But I got a special treat for you. But I'll tell you when you get here. This is right, for a handicapped it's a special handicap girl. But you'll hear about it later.
2: Okay. Well, well, be in touch, man. Be blessed. Thanks. Yes.
4: Yeah, Thanks, sir. Bye
2: bye. Goodbye. So yeah, that was that was our Wilson NC in the house, man, calling, giving us his perspective on things. And you know, to sum it up for you, you know, to folks who maybe had just started listening, he just frankly he said we need prayer. Um, I gotta agree with that, and I I think we need a lot of prayer today. You know what I mean? I I think we need a lot of tension. I think we need a lot of education. But uh, I don't even I, I'm still you know I'm still battling this this this, this battling this Penn State thing because. You know, when you start talking about morals and you start talking about obligations and, and if you put the two together, um, it, it, it makes you wonder, you know, do people really care enough to push the envelope for right anymore? Do, you know, will someone make themselves uncomfortable or or will you lose a friend because you need to do the right thing? And, and, you know, for what I see out here now in public, I don't see a lot of people challenging their friends and going, you know what, man, that's wrong. Um, I'm sorry, man, I got a rat on you. No, that's not right, blah, 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 blah. That doesn't happen a lot. And and frankly, you know, when you got a friend, and and friends are very limited, by the way, so when you do have a friend, you get to learn the things that the friends do that nobody else knows. You know what I mean? So how many people, and and you you really got to check yourself on this, how many people really have it in their bones to know that their friend is doing something wrong, extremely wrong, and will tell that friend that they're wrong and also call the authorities on their friends. I don't think, I don't even know if I have it, but when it comes to something like child abuse, rape, I, I think i, I got to say that I could call the authorities on that. I, I pretty much know that I could call the authorities on that. Some other things, I don't know if I could do that. I, and and, and, a, and a lot of people aren't really honest if they really get down to it. If it when it really comes down to it, I don't believe people are honest enough You know, with themselves and say, hey, you know what, if I know a friend who's, I don't know, uh, selling painkillers or taking too many painkillers, I I can't see myself reporting them or or actually calling the authorities. I don't know. Will you guys be the judge? We got to go to commercial, and we'll be right back. Don't forget, in the 9 o'clock hour, folks, in the 9 o'clock hour, we got Dan Forrest coming through our next, and and you heard that here first. I I don't say candidate for lieutenant governor. I always say our next lieutenant governor of North Carolina, Dan Foss, because that's who 190,000 of you guys, well, you know, some of you guys are national, but that's who all you guys are going to vote for. And I know that's who I'm going to vote for. I've heard the man speak on several occasions, um, either live or via internet or website or what may have you. And uh, I like what the man's got to say. I like what he's got to offer. I like that he comes out and he educates folks on the facts, what it takes to be a lieutenant governor and what he intends to do. Um, I haven't heard that before. To me, that's a different kind of campaign. So run, Forrest, run. We'll be right back here in just a second. You're listening to the KRP Radio Show. Coming up, six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number. Also, you can hit us up on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash KRP Radio Show. We're also on Twitter. That's uh, Twitter. Dot, uh, at symbol NC Pudgy. Man, I can't even think right. My voice got me going crazy here. But at symbol NC Pudgy. That's me. That's my personal Twitter. Simple KRP radio show, that's the show, like I always tell people, don't be surprised on what I might say or what you might hear, because it may not be what you like. It might just not be what you feel comfortable with or what you like, but I promise you, every time I come on there, I'm coming from the heart, and I'm always speaking from truth. You can also hit us up on YouTube, we got a couple of YouTube videos on there, you know the keyword, KRP radio show, going to commercial, we'll be right back. Full of old junk. At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, and Old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of Eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336 214 6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet, that's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336 336- And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Popper at Faulkner's Antiques says, Don't forget the reason for the season. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC. That's Allen's Trucking, LLC, owner Brian Allen and B.A. Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919 426 five four five five again nine one nine four two six five four five five. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support We can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach him on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach him on YouTube. Love somebody today.
1: C H E W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament.
2: Another week in sports, folks. The NBA still can't get it done, but the college is definitely doing it right as North Carolina battled Michigan State Spartans. They had honorary honorary captains this week, man. James Worthy and Magic Johnson actually came out, and they were the honorary captains for both squads. Um, They played on a battleship, folks, on a battleship. Imagine that. Can you imagine playing basketball, an NCAA game, on a battleship? It was crazy, man. If you didn't catch that game, you missed the Goodman. Check it out. Maybe you can find it somewhere. But moving right along, man, to people who are playing right now, the New England Patriots are up 3-0 to zero on the Jets. Final overtime, New Orleans beat Atlanta 26-23. Also in the NFL, Pittsburgh beat up on Cincinnati right at the last seconds. I think they got an interception in the last second. Um, Cincinnati was doing pretty good, but Pittsburgh prevailed 24-17. St. Louis just clips Cleveland 13-12 to as Dallas, and I hear all the Dallas fans got so much to say all of a sudden. And that's why I lost my voice, right, because I've been arguing with that. Okay, anyway, Dallas 44, Buffalo 7, as Buffalo can never be – the Dallas Cowboys. Jacksonville beats up on Indianapolis. Like I said, the last three weeks, Peyton Manning, you better watch him. Seventeen to three as Indianapolis takes another L on the season. Kansas City takes a nail to Denver. And Tim Tebow, praise the Lord, Tebow. I like that man. Seventeen to ten Denver over Kansas City thanks to Tebow and that nice run at the end. Washington nine, Miami twenty as they beat up on the Washington Capitals. <laughs> Under Washington, capital the Redskins, Arizona twenty-one over Philly. Philly with the big disappointing year. Mike uh, uh, Mike Vick and the dog pound twenty-one to seventeen. I'm sorry, folks. I got I got a letter from somebody talking about me saying Mike Vick and the dog pound, but anyway Mike Vick and the dog pound, roo, 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 they take another L 21-17 as Arizona beats up on them, Houston 37 Tampa Bay 9, Tennessee 30 Carolina 3, move right along Seattle 22, Baltimore 17 Chicago beats up on Detroit and I knew it was a fluke 37-13 to 13, San Francisco folks San Francisco is for real this year 27 to 20 over the Giants. Eli tried, defense held it down in the end. Turnover on down. San Francisco is the winner. Oakland 24, San Diego 17 in our Monday night game 8:30 on ESPN. Green Bay versus Minnesota which is always 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 a great game. They always play their hearts out. A legendary rival. Folks, that's going to be a good game, so make sure you check that out, 830 on ESPN. This sports report was brought to you by...
1: C H E W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament.
2: So shout out to our affiliates over there, at soundchew.com, and uh, you know, I just, I just, I can't, I can't get this Penn State stuff off my mind, man. I got, I have young kids, and and it's, it's worrying me to death. But just for a second. I gotta put it to the side because the man of the hour is here. I wish I had the, the appropriate music to bring the man on, but I don't I don't have the music. I looked for it but I couldn't find anything I felt appropriate. So uh I'm just gonna bring him on the air. North Carolina's next lieutenant governor. If you didn't know, let me say it one more time. North Carolina, y'all got that? If you write it down if you can't remember, North Carolina's next lieutenant governor. Dan Forrest, Dan the man, run Forrest, run Forrest, is on the air right now. Dan, how are you doing, brother?
0: I'm
5: doing great, Pudgy. Thanks for that intro, man. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on today.
2: <laughs> no doubt about it, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, taking the time because you, you've been busy. You've been all over the place, and uh, I, I've, I've seen you on the move, man. Uh, y- your team does a great job with posting where you're going to be and uh where you are and 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 a lot of the things that you say and uh you know people are saying good things out here dan
5: well i appreciate it you know we're working hard we we said from the beginning when we got in pudgy that nobody was gonna, gonna outwork us on the campaign trail and we're out there 16 18 20 hours a day every day you know three four five events a day and we're burning up the road i'm uh Actually, uh, on the road right now. I'm sitting in my uh, in my car. We got about 330,000 miles on this thing, so we do about 10,000 miles a month. Meet as many people as we can, and as you know, it's uh, not enough. You know, you can't meet enough mm-hmm. people fast enough.
2: Well, you know what? There's a there's a big vacant sign in Raleigh. There's a big vacant nobody's home. This place needs. That's what we need to do. We need you to occupy Raleigh. That'll work for us right there. So <laughs> there you go. We. we can get you in there. That's right. Occupying the job at Lieutenant Governor, I will be happy. And, uh, you know, you're needed, man. I I can't say it more plainly. Um, Someone with your ideas and your experience in the business world is definitely needed for North Carolina. Definitely needed.
5: Well, well, I appreciate your support, budgie. I appreciate your kind words. You've been been great, very prolific on uh, the airwaves and on the internet for me. And uh, Twitter and all those kind of things. So I appreciate all you do. And uh, you know, uh, we have a we have a leadership crisis in our country. We have a leadership crisis certainly in the White House, and we have the uh, same thing in the uh, governor's mansion and uh, executive team in Raleigh. And we just need some good, strong, courageous leaders to uh, fill in the gaps. All
2: right, then you know those folks with, with the leaders that we have, they had me considering running for office, and I know I wasn't ready. But you know what? I got more common sense than a lot of those folks. And, and and definitely a lot more business experience and a lot of businesses. So, you know, I hadn't thought about running for something. You know, Jeez. well,
5: I, I think you should. I think you should. You know, we, I uh, as we travel around the state, I try to uh, recruit uh, uh, business people and leaders of of all uh, fashions out there because we need as many people as we can to. To win this war, you know, there's a lot of little battles going on all over the place, but we need an army out there to win this war, and uh, it's going to take a lot of courageous people to do the right thing and to go into office for the right reasons, uh, to, in my mind, to help save America. I, I tell people every night, and, and you, I know you've seen some of my presentations, but I believe that this is uh, our generation 1776, and we are fighting for the very freedoms that uh, our founding fathers um fought for and died for and that uh, so many have held so uh dear and on this Veterans Day weekend, you know, we travel around talking to these veterans who uh have seen friends and family and brothers and comrades die in, in battle for these very yeah. freedoms. And so, you know, our founding fathers had I think they had similar conversations to what we have today. They were fighting a, a tyranny overseas though, and we're fighting a tyranny here within. And uh mm-hmm. so we have a we have a real battle on our hands.
2: Absolutely. Um let me I just I just wanna start from the beginning for a lot of folks who don't know you or know about you, who yeah. will know about you and who's gonna vote for you. Um I just wanna ask you what made you just, you know, come to the conclusion that hey, I'm gonna run for lieutenant governor. What what was the deciding factor for you? What made it made you finally say, Hey, I'm gonna do this?
5: Well, you know, something was uh not lieutenant governor but getting into uh, public service and political office and and doing something to fight the the battle that we're up against now. I, mean, I, I could certainly see the leadership gap, and I just really felt burdened by the challenges that our country and our state are facing, and that burden wouldn't go away, and so I just really felt called to, to step in. I'm, I'm an architect. That's my background. Uh, I was a right. senior partner and office president with the state's largest architecture firm, and uh, met with my wife. We talked and prayed about the situation, and we decided really, uh, in a very short period of time to leave that job behind. So I left my salary, I left my benefits and uh, bonuses and all that kind of stuff behind in the middle of a recession. A lot of people thought it was crazy and maybe it is, but, uh, you know, it's the, I think it's the thing that I had to do to step in to, you know, to let everybody know that we're really serious about this. And, uh, so this is our sacrifice for this time in our lives. And, you know, my wife and my kids, we have four kids. We, uh, we live in Raleigh and, um, uh, you know, our kids know the sacrifice. My wife knows it as well. She, you know, um, she's made a big sacrifice to do this too, And but we know this is what we have
2: to do. That That's a heck of a sacrifice, let me tell you. I know it, you have to be a little bit crazy to run for office anyway, I kind of feel like.
5: That's you right. have to
2: be a little bit unconventional and a little bit crazy anyway to feel that, hey, I can make a difference here. And I, I think that little bit of craziness is needed, and, and I'm glad that you have it, someone of your magnitude um how 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 difficult was it convincing your wife and, and, and i know you said you guys prayed on it but you know how difficult was it in the natural convincing her that hey baby this is what i need to do or did she push you maybe uh
5: no you know we made the decision together she's great i mean i have the world's all, most awesome life and mm-hmm. uh she was great she, she did not hesitate one bit she knew that uh this is what i was called to do and in a lot of ways, this is, uh, you know, what the Lord's prepared me to do throughout my life. And so I think that, for one, Pudgy, I think the people are just craving and hungering somebody to get out and just speak the truth boldly to them. And uh, that's hard for people that are career politicians to do. You know, they uh, really they start to like their job. They start to get institutionalized by their job. And oftentimes they don't want to leave. But, you know, I don't need this job. I'm a businessman, that's my background, and I could go mm-hmm. back to doing that in a heartbeat. And uh, so I'm going to get out and I'm going to say what I believe and I'm going to do what I believe is best for North Carolina and uh, let the chips fall where they may in that regard. And, you know, we're just going to, like I said, we're going to work hard, we're going to do our best, and at the end of the day we're not going to have any regrets.
2: I hear that, man, and I'm, and I'm glad you guys feel that way too. That, that's definitely more than what we needed too, people who just will lay it all on the line and say, you know what, let's do what's necessary Um, I I think that's a big part of the problem in North Carolina is that we don't have people who are willing to cross party lines and say, you know what, let's do what needs to be done for the people um, instead of what what needs to be done for our political party. And, uh, you know, to me, that's been one of the greatest failures of Bev Purdue. with all due respect to her. Um, I just can't see where she's drew the line in the sand and say, you know what, I'm not going to do this because this doesn't work for North Carolina. So we definitely need folks who can who we can who can make those type of decisions and get the job done. So you know, more power to you guys now, and I appreciate it. Um, let, let me also ask you, Dan, how, how what are some of the challenges that you're facing um, since you've been on your campaign trail?
5: Uh, yeah, well, number one, Pudge, is you uh, you know you just can't meet enough people to win an election just by you know, meeting folks one on one. We're out building a really strong uh, grassroots campaign. We're building campaign managers in, in every county, we are um, we're uh, building a uh, a network of homeschool families. We're a homeschool family as well, so we're reaching out into that community. Um, we're building a network with the churches around the state, so we're reaching out there as well. But you can't uh, one-on-one individually speak to enough people to get to election time wins. You have to raise money uh, to get on the airwaves. You have to raise money to be able to do some print media, direct mail, all that kind of stuff. So we spend a significant amount of our time out uh, raising funds and traveling around the state. That's just the way politics works. And we speak, you know, several times a day sometimes. And so we're, we're a combination of both. Uh, they're, they're just typical challenges uh, of campaign. You know, people are in tough times right now. Very tough economic times all over America, but certainly in North Carolina. And um, so uh, that is a great challenge. How do do you um, do all the things you need to do for a lieutenant governor's race that still has to reach the exact same amount of people as a governor's race? You just happen to be a lot more under the radar. That's probably the greatest challenge we have.
2: Mm, being, Being under the radar. Do you have any other? Are there any other challenges out there right now? And, and you don't you don't have to name any names. We're not even going to do that on this show. We don't name names. But are there any other challenges out there that are actually worthy?
5: Uh, we have a we have a competitor from uh, Wake County. He's a uh, county commissioner up there. His name's Tony Gurley, and um, you know we uh, we go head to head with Tony all the time. He have till uh, February to um, to file for this race or any other race for that matter. So anybody could get in at any time. But you know, we are like I said, we we believe we will win with boots on the ground. Uh kind of the good old fashioned way of campaigning. And um mm-hmm. so we're trying to identify who our supporters are around the state and get them to the polls and get them to vote for us. We believe that's how we're gonna win. I uh,
2: and, and and I think so as well. What let, let's get more into uh the lieutenant governor because I've come across and and frankly I didn't know all the job, the executive part of uh, a lieutenant governor. I didn't even know all the jobs. So I went to your website, and, and, and I read something before that you posted, and I read it, and I got interrupted, and I went back. I couldn't find it. And then I went to your website that was put up, and uh, you made some key pointers on exactly what the lieutenant the lieutenant governor does. And, and I thought that was, you know, I thought it was brilliant just how you put them out there um, in plain English for folks. You know I I think my kids could read that and understand what a lieutenant governor does so if you don't mind for some of the listeners could you shine some light on what actually a lieutenant governor does and the functions of a lieutenant governor if you will
5: I I uh, I'd be glad to do that I think it's one I think it's real important that when you're uh you know watching a somebody that's running political office speak that you understand what their real uh, job responsibilities are and uh, what falls within the purview of their their specific office because so many politicians go out and uh, talk around so many issues and say they're going to do everything when really they don't have the responsibility or the authority to do that. And so I want to I want to educate people as to the role of lieutenant governor because I think it is an important role and uh, let them know specifically what we're going to do. And uh, just for a plug, uh, www.danforest.com, you can go to our website. Uh, there's the information out there, including a video that we did, uh, about the role of lieutenant governor, so you can see that. But in a nutshell, Pudgy, the uh, lieutenant governor is similar to the role of vice president and that if something ever happened uh, to the governor, the lieutenant governor assumes the role of governor. It's happened five times in the history of our state, and it could happen again, God forbid, but it could. And so, you know, when you're uh, meeting somebody that's running for lieutenant governor, you need to ask yourself, is this person capable and ready to lead our state? Uh, he also presides over the Senate, similar to what the uh, vice president does at the national level, and casts a tie-breaking vote in case of indecision. Uh, governor Beverly Perdue, when she was lieutenant governor, cast a tie-breaking vote for the lottery, and that's why we have government-controlled and legalized gambling in North Carolina. It's also the only position in North Carolina that is both legislative and executive at the same time. And uh, as an architect, uh, you know, architects, well, we are visionaries, we're planners, we're problem solvers, and I Mm -hmm. look forward to uh, working with the executive and legislative team to craft a long-term vision for the state of North Carolina. I think that's something that's missing in politics is looking down the road uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and saying what are we going to be, who are we going to be as North Carolinians, and how are we going to differentiate ourselves from the rest of the country? How are we going to set ourselves apart and be this uh, shining city on a hill, if you will? Uh, lieutenant Governor also is a member of the North Carolina Council of State, and that is the executive body that's elected by popular vote uh, by the people of North Carolina. So that's not the governor's cabinet, but it's elected by popular vote. That includes the governor and the lieutenant governor, the Secretary of State, Attorney General, and then all the commissioners—agriculture, labor, uh, so forth. And uh, that's the, that's the, those are important roles, and so people don't need to overlook those. You need to spend some time studying who these candidates are, and uh, make sure you're voting in the right direction. And then just to wrap that up, uh, Lieutenant Governor, by constitution sits on the state school board and has a number of uh, uh, school board appointment powers. He also sits on the North Carolina Board of Community Colleges, sits on the State Economic Development Board and has a number of appointment powers there, and then has some law enforcement um, powers as well. So the three things that we talk about, the Lieutenant Governor are education, job creation, and immigration because uh, those are three things that can fall under the responsibilities of the Lieutenant Governor regardless of who the Governor is and regardless who the General Assembly is.
2: Wow. Well, you know, speaking on education and uh, you know, you said that you homeschooled, um, I, this is personal to me because you know, my wife and I, we were also talking about homeschooling ourselves and, and we have four kids here in the house and uh, How do you feel, how important is that homeschooling issue um, to the state? And and what I mean by that is that I don't, personally, I don't think that in a lot of states, and and I won't say in North Carolina, but I don't think that in a lot of states homeschooling is looked at as being uh, uh, prevalent. You know what I mean? Uh, Charter schools aren't looked at as being prevalent. Um, What do you think about that?
5: Uh, Well, you know, we're blessed to have the ability to do it. My wife stays home with the kids. We're blessed to have that. You know, we've been doing that for 15 years now. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's been a real gift to us. Not every family has that ability, for one. But it's another uh, one of those options of, of school choice. You know, parents have the opportunity to say, this is how I want to educate my kids. These are the things I want to teach them. This is the type of curriculum I want to teach them and the types of values I want to teach them. So that's one option and a series of options available out there. But North Carolina is a large homeschooling state because it's very easy to homeschool here. We have over 45,000 homeschool families wow. in North Carolina. And so there's a, a lot of people that do homeschool here and, and uh, choose to homeschool. Uh, but I also think, Pudgy, that there's a lot of families that wouldn't be homeschooling Uh, wouldn't be their first choice if the schools were doing the things that those parents wanted them to do, teaching Mm -hmm. them the values that they want to teach them at home, teaching them history, teaching them math, teaching them how to read. Because so many of our kids go through school now and uh, they go into college and they have to take remedial reading and remedial math classes in college, at college level. So we spend $3 million a year at the college level teaching our kids remedial classes, and that's just not right. And, you know, we are blessed to be able to do this and teach our kids this way, but, Think of how many kids are just being left behind every year because we're not teaching them appropriately in our schools, and that's just not right. Every every parent, every kid should have the opportunity for an excellent education in this day and age. And uh, modern technology we have, there is no reason they shouldn't be able to do that. That's something I want to fight for as lieutenant governor: is making sure that these kids really do have opportunities. We need to stop sound bites. We need to stop talking, um, uh, lifting up education and doing nothing about it. We're ranked 41st in the nation in mm-hmm. K-12 education. Mm-hmm. We've had multiple education governors, including the one we have right now. Uh, it's uh, multiple education lieutenant governors, including the one we have right now, and we're 41st, and that's just not good enough.
2: <laughs> I, you know, that, and, and that's what I meant in my early comment by folks not making a, a decision uh, on saying, hey, I'm going to do what's right for North Carolina versus what my party is saying, doing. I, I just, man, that pisses me off. To have someone who's an educational uh, uh, governor and just won't do right when it comes to education, I I, I don't get it. Right now, let, let me ask you about this, Dan. Right now, um, the lottery. You know, I've, I've been reading some things about what Cherokee wants to bring live card games to the to the Cherokee Indian Reservation over there, and the possibility, if that happens, that uh, uh the, on the Pembroke side that they would possibly have. Uh, the rights to do the same thing if that were to go through. Um, where do you stand with the lottery in North Carolina? Has that really helped North Carolina? And, and where are the funds going?
5: Uh, well, it's just a numbers game, Bud. You know, they call it the North Carolina Education Lottery. Uh, they ended up just moving a bunch of numbers around. One, they robbed the lottery multiple times to put money into the general fund instead of going into education, money that was uh, – coming from other places, other sources to fund education previously was taken out of those sources. And then, you know, they said they were going to use the lottery money to fund those sources. And uh, so it, it's just all, it's just a numbers game. You know, you put anything in the hands of government, they're going to move funds around to, to suit their needs. Um, you know, if the people of North Carolina wanted legalized gambling and they want to vote for it, by all means get it out of the hands of government. Allow private industry to do it because the government's just going to ruin it. But I think, you know, personally, I, I know I don't think this. I know what ha- what's happened with with this. It's a, it is a tax on the poor, and uh, you know, if people have the means to uh, play the lottery and they, that's what they choose to do, their you know their um, their morality allows them to do that, then then go do it. Uh, but the the three poorest counties in North Carolina are the three top revenue generating counties for the lottery. And so that's yeah.
2: a, that's a, that paints a picture for you right there. Yeah. Wow. The tr- the proof is in the pudding whether they like it or not. But I think folks, uh, they just don't choose to look at what's actual uh, uh, factual information that's out there. And, uh, you know, when you put out things like that, you know, folks can go Google like they do today. They can Google it and it's actually out there. But I think the, the, yeah. the biggest problem is that uh, the information has to get out there first. You know what I mean? Because when you hear it that's just right. from one side, it's, it's always one-sided. So it's refreshing to hear someone like yourself to, to put information out there that folks can share, that they can Google and find out for themselves, you know, rather than being told um, from the outside and not believing it. A credible source, if you will. So that's that's beautiful that's to me. That's right,
5: I'm careful with my facts. You know, I, I did a lot of research. I searched all you know, both sides of the issue. I if something doesn't uh jive on one side or the other, then I don't I don't talk about it. I don't lift it up because if I'm not sure I'm just not gonna talk about it if it's not a fact. So I'm very careful with all that. I'll always use the most conservative numbers uh, rather than the higher numbers to make them look good because they mm-hmm. usually speak a pretty tell a pretty loud story by themselves. Um so if anybody ever hears me saying something they don't believe is true, please challenge me on it. I'll uh, show them my sources, we'll we'll discuss it, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, how I can correct something. If if it's not, I I certainly don't want any bad information going on out there, and I think all my facts are straight up. That's
2: that's good to know, too, Matt, that you're willing to come to the table and let's talk about it. That's something you don't hear from um, politicians in large part. Uh, It seems like a lot of people will escape the questions from the citizens and just answer partially what the media asks, (laughs) so... I've seen that at several press conferences anyway, but then um North Carolina right now is 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 what I like to call and what a lot of people refer to refer to as a battleground state. And uh, you know, I, I had a personal issue about the implementation of voter IDs, um, and, and which is just to break it down for folks that you had to present your ID to vote. Um personally I didn't see anything wrong with that. Um, I feel like if you don't have an ID, I don't know how you would acquire a job, a driver's license, and, and God knows whatever else you need your ID for. Um, where do we stand with that? Is, is there anything still on the table with that, or or what's your personal feelings towards that also?
5: Uh, well, the first question uh, is still on the table. Yes, it's still on the table. Um, Speaker Tillis and the uh, Republican leadership in the General Assembly will keep it on the table. And um if they have an opportunity to vote on it again, they think they have the votes, they will they will try to push that through. They're about five votes short, they've been about five votes short every time. They've tried to to bring it uh, back to the floor. And so obviously the governor vetoed it. They they passed it once, the governor vetoed it, and um so they um they know they have this challenge probably until we have another election that's probably not gonna go through but uh you know the provisions in that bill were that they were going to they put money in i think it was, the number was like 3 million dollars uh, don't quote me on that but it was mil- in the millions of dollars to provide ids for anybody that did not have an id so they were going to spend a significant amount of effort making sure what? that nobody was uh nobody was disenfranchised uh by not having an id and so i'm with you i'm on the same boat you are you know you have to have a, a, a photo id to get in the governor's mansion uh, but you don't have to have one to go vote. So I think it's a game changer. I really do. I think that the governor knows it's a game changer. It will uh, it will protect the rights of the citizens of North Carolina by um, by making sure that our elections are just more fair than they have been in the past. And so I, I think it's one of those things we have to have. When people come, I talk to people from, that have moved here from other states all the time, and they are really appalled. And we uh, yeah. don't have to use an ID to vote, because in their state yeah. they do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about the provision um, for any amount of money to provide IDs for folks who don't have them. See, to me, I, 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 with no disrespect to anybody, but to me, that's even too much, Dan. You, you know, yeah. you shouldn't, <laughs> the, the state shouldn't have to provide funds for me to have to have an ID. Okay. That, that, to that's me, right. that's just even too much. To me, that's money. And, and I understand the premise of where it comes from. I understand what, you know, what they're trying to do. But to me, that's even too much. That's, that's way over the top. It's simple. If you want a job, you need to have an ID. If you want to drive, you need to have an ID. If you want to vote, you need to have an ID. So it seems to me that uh, Governor Purdue and her crew, I call them her crew, her cronies, um, it, it seems that they're saying to the North Carolina citizens, hey, um, you're too dumb to get an ID. Or, or, you know, you're not responsible enough to get an ID to vote. So we're just gonna, we're just gonna throw it out the window. We're not gonna we're not we're not gonna let you have to have an ID to vote. You know what I mean? So that means um, anybody who claims they are, you know whomever can vote under whatever name they want. Is that correct?
5: Uh yeah absolutely. You know, and the thing that people don't talk about is it still doesn't change absentee voting. If there's elderly people in their home and they can't get out, then you can have a ballot sent to you and you can fill that out you know from your address and you can you can send it in. Uh, that, that doesn't change anything. You don't have to have an ID to do that. Uh, so you know that that can still happen. And uh, but you know, there everywhere we go, Pudgy, we hear stories of voter fraud, and it comes in all shapes and sizes. I'm sure it happens on both sides of the aisle uh, with sure, both huh. parties. And this is this is just such a no-brainer uh, to protect the liberties of uh, North Carolina citizens that. Um, you know, 80 percent of I think it's 80, 70, 80 percent of North Carolinians believe that we should have this, uh, so it's a no-brainer.
2: I've heard some representatives throw the race card in there with the voter ID. Dan, um, you know, frankly, and, and they've been Democrats. Let me just put it out there and call it what it is. They've said that this is a racial, this is a, I'm sorry, this is a racist law, or, or it's, it's it's a it's a racist thing that's been thrown around, and they're just trying to get black people to not vote. What do you say to people? when they first of all, when you have that kind of ridiculous ideology about anything, it, it says to me that you you're trying to speak to an audience who's not dumb enough to see through that. And and well, I, think I, got you, a big I think you have to have problem.
5: conversations with people. Yeah, I mean I think yeah. you just we just need to sit down and have conversations with them. Somebody says I say, why would you think that? Tell me why you would think that. What 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 in the world needs you to say something like that and figure out where they're coming from. You know, where where do they hear this? Where you know well You know, it's because um, you know, know, is it because they think that they don't have IDs? Is there more black people that don't have IDs uh, to go? But what what's what is driving that conversation? So, I you know, most of these things come down to dialogue. And when I get in a conversation with a liberal, um, normally I can get them to talk in a circle to where they come back around and understand the point of view that I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't uh, I don't consider. uh, Really, any of the conversation that I have, any of my presentation, I really don't consider Republican uh, or really uh, conservative to American. You know, this is just basic foundational things about our country that our founding fathers believed, and they're, just kind of, they're American ideas. They're ideas based on liberty and you know, based on uh, the freedoms we've been enjoying so long and based on really the insanity that's going on in government uh, you know, from being overtaxed and uh, overcontrolled by our government for so long.
2: Wow, is there is there any way? Um, and I'm just going to get off that topic because that that's one that really pissed me off, and I might say something that that's just not right. So I'll be <laughs> repenting for that later. So I'm just going to move along, and uh, with with what's going on with jobs in North Carolina, and I, I'm not sure what percentage we're in. I, I've been too busy to look. Last I checked, we were somewhere at 9.8, I think 10 percent, our jobless rate, unemployment rate in North Carolina. But is there anything? Uh, definitive that can be done in North Carolina that would possibly immediately make an impact on on jobs.
5: Uh, Well, first, let me go back to the unemployment number, because you mentioned it's in the, it hovers around the 10%. It goes above and below all the time. That's the, what's called the U3 number. There's a rating system, U1 to U6. Uh, Every president since uh, John F. Kennedy has dumbed down the unemployment numbers to make the numbers sound better than they really are. So the number you hear is actually the, the middle-of-the-road number, uh, so it sounds better when we say it. But the real number is a U6 number, and that includes all the people that have fallen off the dole of unemployment, the people that have stopped looking for jobs, the mm-hmm. people that are underemployed that want to be full, fully employed. And that number in North Carolina is about 17%. You can almost double Jeez. the number from U3 to U6. And so, and you know, as I do, Budgie, because you travel around, you get out to the rural parts of the state, and it's much higher than that. And well, yeah. so, uh, you know, the minority communities in the rural parts of the state especially are hurting far more than the urban areas are. And uh, so we have a huge problem there. We have, you know, there's numerous things that uh, that we can start to do if there's no quick fix. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one, one of the problems um, that we have to deal with from a government standpoint, and I'll get to the jobs in a second, but from a government standpoint, we've got to stop the spending. You know, we're spending too much, so we have to start to get our spending under control, just like you and I would have to do in our own personal budgets to make sure that we're living within our means. Uh, that's basic stewardship and responsibility, because government doesn't have any money, it's just yours and mine, and so the government should be responsible with that and transparent with it. And everybody should know. In North Carolina, you should have the opportunity to know where every one of your dollars goes. The government shouldn't hide any of it. It should be very transparent and very easily accessible. If you look sure. at our government uh, spending, if you just look at spending for government over the last 30 years from 1980 to 2010, uh, we have our budget now, our general fund budget is $20 billion. Had we started in 1980 to hold our spending constant for population and inflation, it would be $10 billion. So we've outspent ourselves uh, two to one, 100% more than we should have. So we're spending too much. We also have about $30 billion worth of unfunded liabilities in our state. So there's $30 billion worth of promises made uh, to future generations that we have no money to pay for. And so the next, whoever comes into government the next time around is going to have to deal with this issue of how do we uh, uh, come up with the revenue to pay this $30 billion of promises that we have out there. But mm-hmm. I'll get to the jobs thing now. I'll jump in on this real quick. But uh, first, I think we have to decide, as North Carolinians, do we really want to be competitive with the rest of the country? I think we should be the most competitive job market in the country. And so how do you go about doing that? One, you uh, I think you start off um, uh, by making the uh, business tax climate as good as anywhere in the nation. Right now we're 38 there's only 12 states worse than us for a business tax climate right now. So Jeez. if a company wants to move here and set up shop and have long-term uh, viability in our state, they may not look at North Carolina from a tax standpoint. They may. I mean, North Carolina's is a great state. We have a mm-hmm. lot going for us. There's people that want to move here all the time. You know, our rankings in Forbes and Business Week and all these kind of things are very high, but they're not looking at the tax climate. So I think we need to look at the uh, corporate income tax rate um, one, I'm not in favor at all, by the way, of, uh, of corporate handouts. Mm-hmm. I'm not in favor of, uh, of what, what I call corporate welfare because I think that's the government picking winners and losers. We should be providing a tax base for our current employers in North Carolina to make that as competitive as possible. Uh, lower the corporate income tax rate down to four percent right now. It's, it's over seven right now, and mm-hmm. we have the highest in the southeast. The highest in the southeast. And so when South Carolina starts doling out hundreds of millions of dollars to bring companies to their state, North Carolina thinks it has to compete. But I think first we compete by making the playing field level for all North Carolina companies, the the existing ones that are here, allow them to innovate, allow them to create jobs, hire people by getting the government, getting regulations off their back, getting the taxation off their back, putting money into their uh, business so that the business thing can create jobs. And that's the only way you create jobs. Government doesn't create jobs. Government can get out of the way for business to do it, but the only government jobs that are created is when they take your money and they hire somebody. That's basically (laughs) just a transfer of of wealth. They're not creating anything. Um, So we need to do that. We need to reduce our gas tax rate. We have the highest gas tax in the southeast. That's part of having a strong uh, energy plan for our state as well. Um, so if you're a company that has, does a lot of transportation, moves a lot of goods or people or, or stuff around the state, they're going to look at the gas tax rate. And how many yeah. millions of dollars can they save if we drop our gas tax rate from 38 cents to 22 cents a gallon to compete with our neighbors? So those are some of the things we could do right now. We could do creative things like requiring state government to uh, buy North Carolina products when there's a, a viable North Carolina product to purchase in North Carolina, purchase I from our that. own people.
2: I love that. You know, I think, I think as
5: as Americans – As Americans, I think we should start a Buy American campaign. I think our president should be out there saying, buy American, buy American product. If only 5% of Americans went out and bought American products, can you imagine what that would do for our economy right off the bat? And so (laughs) bring back this American – you remember back in the day when things say made in the USA and
3: people would take
5: pride in that? Why don't we bring that back as a nation? And that's not being isolationist at all. That's just saying we take pride in things that are made in our country and let's go buy them.
2: Wow. Dan Forrest on the air, KRP Radio Show. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number press one. If you got a comment, KRP radio show dot com. Dan I and I, I know I've kept you on for quite a while, man, but I enjoy the conversation and uh for what you have to give us is very enlightening. Um, you know, anytime you gotta leave, let me know. But I, I just got a couple more questions here and and a couple more comments that I like your uh, your expertise on. And uh one of the is the president's jobs, jobs, jobs bill. And and I know this is outside of North Carolina, but you know, like I said before, this is a battleground state. We know the DNC is here, is going to be here. And uh, you know, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of what I what I like to call uh not false statements but not whole truth statements that are gonna be made and it's gonna be a lot concerning this jobs, jobs, jobs bill. Um what that, what exactly does North Carolina um have in store in this bill is, is there anything positive in here for north carolina being that they're going to be you know the dnc is going to be here i'm pretty sure that's there's something in there that kind of uh singles us out if you will or puts us to the forefront of this bill that's going to make it look like you know it did something exactly for our state so is there anything in there that is pretty much state specific that we could be looking out for that would highlight that bill
5: uh, you know, Buddy, that's really beyond my expertise. I don't know the specifics of the bill. What I do know is that the bill is is another stimulus plan. It's, it's like the previous mm-hmm. stimulus plan. It's a it's a you know it's an economics plan that um, our president and his uh, staff believe they truly believe that the government can spend us out of a recession. It's never happened in the history of the world anywhere. It There's can. no country ever that spent themselves. From the government has spent themselves out of a recession. A lot of people will look to FDR and say, look what FDR did. FDR's plans actually kept us in the recession longer than it would have had he not done what he did. So uh-huh. there, there is no precedent anywhere in the world ever that said the government can spend you out of a recession. But I know that's what they truly believe, and that's what they're trying to do. And so this is another stimulus plan. The first one didn't work by the way we haven't created any jobs or unemployment has increased and and i don't think that anybody or very few people in america would say that uh uh that times are actually better economically or job situation than they were 2 years ago or 3 years ago so um i think that plan has failed i think that uh you know you're uh, again they're in the business of picking winners and losers the the Solyndra deal um uh, those kinds of things are you know that that's cronyism at its best and so uh, we need to make sure that we don't do those things, in America. If you want to stimulate the economy, put the money back in the hands of the people. You know, put the money back in the hands of, of Americans. Allow them to spend. Allow them to start getting engaged in the in the economy again. Uh, but the government can't do that. So that's what the jobs plan is. And I've had I've gotten in conversations with my liberal friends about about this, and they want to blame the Republicans, saying the Republicans aren't getting along with the president. They're trying to block the president's job plan. Well. The Republicans in Congress control one half of the House. They don't control the Senate at all. They don't have the Senate, and they don't control the White House. So who's really in control? You know, the Democrats are in control up there. So if the president can't get his jobs bill through the Senate, which is majority Democrat-controlled, they can't point fingers at the Republicans and say that they're not passing this bill. And then I'll just I'll finish on this comment about the about the uh, convention. Obviously, Obama picked this state because it's very strategic to him. He needs to win it. And the convention coming to Charlotte will, will be an economic boom to the city. I mean, it is a, uh, it's a very big deal to have a national convention. They will come and spend uh, millions and millions of dollars here, and people will come in from all over the world, and you'll have the spotlight on Charlotte and their hotels and their entertainment and their restaurants and everything. So that will be a boom to the economy, and that's something that uh, we will have to compete with, is um, you know, all of the attention that is poured here on the city for a period of probably three weeks.
2: Well, you, you know, the whole reason, and, and that's part of the reason why I asked the question too, but, you know, another part of the reason why why I asked the question, and it's so hard to ask because what this administration does, and they do a great job of only highlighting what's most beneficial to a small group of people, and then they spend that, and that's all they talk about, and they make, you know, like his health care bill, the whole health care bill was, you know, we got to take care of America. But when you get down to specifics, it's, you know, it, it's rubbish. That bill is no good for anybody. So, you know, here we are. You got different states want to sue, saying that, you know, this this bill is not for us. It's unconstitutional. We should not have it. Should have never been voted in. So,
5: yeah. You, and it, the, you the, know, highlight of, the highlight of the uh, Obamacare bill, the health care bill, is that all his friends that supported it, they came out nationally, the unions and everybody else, they all wanted out of it. There have been some almost three 3,000 exemptions from it now, and it's almost all the people that supported it in the beginning. Once they found out really what it was about, they said they wanted out and they let them out. So you're right. If it was a bill for everybody, they wouldn't want out. Everybody would want in. And everybody would be begging to get in, but that's not the case at all. I meet with a lot of doctors, and um, so oh, we meet man. doctors every day who are saying, you know what, I will probably have to quit my practice. I will probably have yeah. to stop. Uh, practicing medicine if this goes through. That's how harmful this bill could be to the medical community.
2: You know, I, I met I met with a couple of doctors, and one specific broke down. I mean, he was very adamant about it. He broke down word for word, almost to the number, what this bill would do to his practice. And it yeah. left me with my mouth wide open. could not believe it. I could not believe it. What's yeah. it
5: they're sharp fellows. Um, they've done their they've done their math. You know they they yeah. talked to their uh, their accountants. They've done their math themselves. They they're smart. You know they they know that this is a a, a job killer for them. And,
2: and you know, Dan, that's something that small business does. That's something that I do every day, week in week out, with my budgets at work. That's something you've done. That's something numerous North Carolinians do. We sit down with a uh, calculator at the computer, whatever, and We do our budgets, and we know what works for us in our homes and on our jobs. But I can't grasp why uh, North Carolina, you know, can't do this on their own. Why the state can't do the exact same thing? You know, if your numbers crunch, if if they really broke down our executive budget like we do our household budget, it would be a lot better off. But I just don't see that happening anytime soon. And uh, you know, here we are.
5: The difference is not they don't see it as their money. It is their money. It's yours and mine. And every other North Carolina's, but it's not there. It's easy to spend other people's money. And so, uh, you know, they, there are very few people anywhere on either side of the aisle that are really willing to make the very tough, courageous decisions. As a business leader, uh, you know, it is. there is nothing easy about laying somebody off. You know, if you have to no, lay off no. an employee, it, it, used to, it used to ruin my week, budgie trying mm. to lay somebody off it, it would it would hurt me for a week. It had families involved, you know, there's kids and mm. and uh, it was never a good situation. It was very painful. I never liked doing it, but I did have to do it. You know, when the recession hit our architecture firm, um, you know, we went from about five hundred to about two hundred and fifty employees and mm. not very much time at all. And we knew we had to make those cuts to save the other two hundred and fifty. Uh, right. so that's a very tough thing to do, but we know exactly what we have to do to keep the doors open on our business and uh, government doesn't have to do that. They just say, you know what, if we run out of money, we're just going to take more uh, from the people to keep our doors open. We're not going to make the tough decisions that have to be made.
2: Um, let me ask you, why, why, would, why would Dan Forrest, the citizen, vote for Dan Forrest, the candidate?
5: Um, well, I guess because, I, you know, you get what you see. You know, there's there's – uh, I, I am who I am on the campaign trail. It's the same person you can ask my wife that I am at home. I don't really change. My my thoughts don't change. You know, you're you're going to know that uh, I stand on principle. Um, you know, I outline in my presentation that I do, you know, the things that are most important to me, uh, first and foremost, is God is the center of my life, and I base everything I do on a biblical worldview. So you kind of know where I'm going to stand from principally uh, right out of the chute. Um, I've list, listed, uh, I've created 12 principles that I say I can lead by and live by, and you can look at those, you can hold me accountable to those, and um, I won't change. So uh, you know, you will know that my door will always be open. You can call me. I hand out my business card every day. It's got my cell phone number and my email on it, and I, people call me every day and I talk to them and I, I hear their ideas, and I'm willing and um, ready to dialogue and debate and even argue with people uh, that I don't agree with or don't agree with me so that we can move our country forward and uh, make a better America.
2: Wow. There it is. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And, and, you know, to all my listeners out there, anytime a candidate says these words right here, and I could almost quote you, Dan, I am who I am all the time, even on the campaign trail, like I am at home, you can ask my wife. When they add that part, you can ask my wife in there. That's sincerity right there, baby. That's coming from the heart right there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, you, you should always uh, you
5: should always meet the candidate's wife. I think if you if you meet the candidate's wife, you're going to know the candidate. And uh, my wife's by my side a lot. In fact, she's uh, she's sitting by my side right now in, in the car. So um, she's awesome, and um, she's my greatest supporter, and my greatest fan, and uh, my greatest prayer warrior, and everything else. And so she's a, a great blessing to me.
2: Yeah, that that that's a beautiful thing. I, I like that man. He had me laughing here. I'm, I'm pretty sure my wife is somewhere around smiling too. I'm I'm pretty sure of it. So um, <laughs> anytime we can anytime I got a question or I'm always wondering what Dan Forrest is like when you know, concerning whatever, I'm gonna ask your wife and then I'll ask you and uh that's how we're to right. tell the truth. <laughs> that's exactly
5: um, right, buddy.
2: Dan, listen man, I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate you coming on the show for so long and, and shining some light on a whole lot of various situations with us. Um, also schooling us on what a lieutenant governor is and what he does. Um, one last question before I let you go. Just one last thing, and I just want to ask you: the day you are elected, because you will be elected. So the day you're elected, what's the first thing you do? And don't say I'm going to Disneyland. But what's the first thing you're going to do? Uh,
5: well, you know that is uh, that's a hard question. That is uh, the day that all the real work begins. Um, I would, uh, uh, you know. I haven't been asked that question yet, so that's a great one. Actually, I'm going to get back to you. Next time I come on your show, I'll uh, I'll answer that question, so I'll give it some thought. You know, right now, Fudgy, we take every day, just one day at a time, and um, I honestly don't even know what my schedule's like a couple days out. Um, we work oh, hard every day, and we're on the road all day long, so I haven't uh, really projected things out as to, you know, what the first day after election is going to look like, but I will give that some thought. If you have me back on your show, I'll be glad to tell you.
2: You know what? We'll we'll talk about that when you're celebrating. How about that? We'll be celebrating together. That
5: sounds
2: great. Sounds that sounds great. Good.
5: Love to do it, Pudgy.
2: Thanks for hey, having man. me
5: on, man. Thanks for all you do. You're a great American. I appreciate uh, appreciate what you're doing out there spreading the word.
2: Hey, man. I'll I'll tell you what. Um, with the sincerest things that I have, I, I really appreciate it, man. God's blessings to you. And, and you know, we'll celebrate. I'll just say it like that. We'll celebrate. Thank and thanks for coming on the show. I look forward to it, my friend. Take care. Have a
5: great day. All right.
2: You too. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Dan Forrest, folks, North Carolina's next Lieutenant Governor. Dan Forrest, North Carolina's next Lieutenant Governor. We're going to go to a commercial, and we'll be right back here in just a second. You're listening to the KRP Radio Show, live with Pudgy and Dan Forrest. We just on on, folks. He came through, and he broke it down. And he gave us some good information, man. I hope you guys enjoyed it, because you know, I, I enjoyed it. I don't know if you guys enjoyed it, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. It was it's beautiful to me. Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, Sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of Eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques 336. 336- one four six four two seven Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques. Three three six two one four six four two seven. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number: three three six six seven five four eight nine seven. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC. That's Allen's Trucking, LLC. Owner, Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919 426 Five four five five. Again, 919 5455 If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC. We are warfare, and Jesus Christ is looking for warriors that are willing to fight. We need to leverage our
0: political power and our political interests in both parties. We have the opportunity to talk about how our values work, because when they're put in place, when we govern according to those values, they work.
1: If anybody is going to take on Mr. Barack Obama, it's going to be black conservatives. When you push in abortion upon a population, you ask yourself, who's pushing it?
0: Democrats cannot win without the black vote. The Jesse
2: Jackson era is over. Conservatism is neither white nor black. It's what's right, it's what's good.
0: Our community is everyone.
2: This is a kingdom of God
0: movement. When I was in inner city, pastoring. What I saw was the Democratic Party making the inner city at that time a social wasteland.
1: Maybe it's you who needs to decide that you want something different and stop waiting for a politician to hand that to you.
2: We are serious about the mission that we have for the Frederick Douglass Foundation and we stand on three basic pillars, and we don't apologize for it but we are devoted Christians first and foremost. We are proud black Americans and active Republicans. There are two issues that are facing our nation today that we don't Uh, Allow anybody, if they want to get our support You are pro-life and you believe marriage is composed of one man and one woman at one time We may not be the organization We are back folks, back on the air and uh, my voice is back just a little bit after a lot of lemon juice and water and uh, <laughs> hot lemon juice, hot water, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. My voice is back just a little bit, but uh, you're listening to the KRP Radio Show. I appreciate everybody for rocking with us. You just heard an interview from my man, Dan. Run, Forrest, run, Dan Forrest, North Carolina's next lieutenant governor. And uh, this man is on fire, if you don't know. So, you know, if you look around and see where he's going to be, folks, go to DanForest.com, check his website out, and uh, you can get his agenda, go out, meet him, shake his hand, he'll look you in the eye and tell you, hey, everything that he just told you on the show, you know, it's no joke, it's all real, and like I said before, any man that can say, I'm the same way I am every day ask my wife you know a lot of folks don't say ask my wife you know they don't get a co-signer. but i thought that was decent i thought that was funny that he said ask his wife and, uh, that, that just lets you know the sincerity of a man when they actually have to say you know hey ask this person about me ask that person about you that that lets you know what it is it's not rehearsed you know what i mean this is coming from the heart it's something real it's something that everyday citizens can relate to all of us can relate to you know when it when it comes in terms of asking about what kind of character you are so you know, big shout out. B I G shout out to my man Dan Forrest. Make sure you check him out. Um, gotta go to a caller man. I got a call my big brother from another. My man Major Dave is on the air with us. Major Dave, how you doing, brother? How you doing?
6: I'm doing well, Pudgy, and hope you are.
2: I'm you doing know, I would
6: have called earlier, but Dan was on such a roll I really didn't want to interrupt you two.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate you listening in though. What's been up with you?
6: Well, I you know I really think that people need to understand one of the things that distinguishes Dan Pars from a lot of the other politicians out there these days is that when he goes out and meets with these groups, it's not just a vote-for-me presentation. He is one of the strongest supporters of traditional conservative values in North Carolina that I think you'll ever meet. Uh And um, and I know today he was uh, here. He had Tom DeWeese, a specialist on Agenda 21, speaking Mm -hmm. to a group about sustainable development and the problems that that's posing for us. And, you know, he may come from a GOP legacy family with his mom, you know, being a congressman and whatnot, but, but this is a man with traditional conservative values. And I found that to be a very striking <laughs> and refreshing difference between him and a lot of the other politicians I've encountered.
2: Wow. Especially when someone else can call up and co-sign <laughs> it interview. That's right. That, that's beautiful but, right there and, and you just saw him speak today, right, Major Day?
6: That's right And Well, no, I didn't actually go attend it I actually had a schedule conflict But I was aware that it was happening sure. And um, and you know how much effort the conservatives are putting Into bringing all of our groups together oh, Around I the state right now And um, And he is playing a critical role in that And it's going to be a whole lot easier For people to invest in a candidate Who's taken the time to invest in what we're
2: doing on the ground. I agree. I agree with that. And and as well as we can see how much time it's taking this man going around from here to there? you know, he was in the car now and it's 949 on the East coast right now. And, you know, this man is on the car, you know, actually coming from somewhere on a Sunday evening. That's not easy, man. It takes a lot of commitment, you know, to do these things and to really be out there. So, you know what, man, I, I I gotta say this major Dave, I, I think, I think that, uh, I think that Dan Forrest is, is one original candidate. And and the reason I say that is because the way he attacks his questions, um, the way he comes across when he speaks and in person, it doesn't seem like he's actually running for office. <laughs> you know, I didn't even realize when I, when I first met him, I didn't even realize it was Dan Forrest. We just had a general conversation and then I'm like, Oh, you know, that's Dan, you know what I mean? So that's true, and a, I, a, I think a, he
6: paints that clear distinction between a politician and a statesman.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, and absolutely.
6: what, what really mo- motivates him. This is not a guy who grew up thinking he had a political future. He had a very um, up-and-coming architecture business, very successful, mm-hmm. and, and he made a decision to set it aside. I mean, this guy's already paid a price, high price just to get his name on the ballot.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's not easy right now with what's going on. When you have a family also, that is really not easy. That You know what? That takes a lot of sit down, like he said, a lot of prayer. And, and I couldn't even begin to know, you know, what he went through to, to finally make come to that conclusion and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. We're going to do this as a family.
6: And that's why I appreciate your show so much, because you're delving in to the level of information about these candidates that you don't get when you get a bumper sticker at a table at a public
2: event. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in that bumper sticker stuff, man. We can come on here and we can chop it up. We can keep it real and we can ask the real questions because, you know, we're, we're everyday people. I mean, you can touch us. We, we're out there. We're walking on the street. We go to work. We come home. You know, we're everyday people. And when you hear it from the horse's mouth, there's nothing better than that.
6: That's true. Amen. Now we got to decide how we're going to get our buddy Kevin Daniels to run for office.
2: And you know what, Kevin is in. Kevin is in the place. I think. Shout out to Kev. I didn't even shout him out last week. Shout out to my big brother, Kevin Dames. It's um. I don't know if we're gonna get Kevin to run for office. I think he enjoys, uh, uh what I call God work. He's like a mediator between a, a, a lot of different people. And um, I don't. I don't know if he'll ever run for office. I wish he would. I've been pushing him since I met him. <laughs> you know. I've been pushing well, I, man I feel the same business. way, to be
6: honest with you. And everybody does have to find their niche and where they can fit in. And, and yeah. quite frankly, he is doing great work where he is.
2: Yeah. He told me. He told me. He said. Uh, he said. Uh, he don't. He don't know if he can run for office because, you know, we, we're so close. I might say something smart and mess it all up. And He said, I ain't gonna. I'm <laughs> not gonna leave you. So, you know, it is what it is. He said, P, you might say something to mess the whole campaign up. You know, we were joking about my mouth because sometimes I, I go there. And uh before I know it, but you know, it's from the heart.
6: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, just so people know, a lot of people are saying that the, the Tea Party's already withering up and drying up and going away and, and there's gonna be a lull because we're coming into Thanksgiving, we're coming into Christmas, and people need to spend time with their families and people aren't yeah. gonna be as active politically for the next two months. But come January it's gonna be, you know, hit the ground running, pedal to the metal. Um, because we know what we have to do between now and the primaries. A lot of people are making a big issue out of the Democratic wins in the election last week, particularly the local elections here in North Carolina, about how many seats the Democrats won. But if you go back and compare it to the last election cycle, they won by an even smaller percentage than they did then. And this time we had over 400 paid SEIU workers in North Carolina on the ground working on behalf of the Democrats. So that
2: gives
6: I you a level of, yeah, of appreciation of just how effective the grassroots movement is actually being here. And if more and more people show up next year, there's every possibility that we can turn this thing around.
2: Yeah, I think so as well. And and, and, and I hope we can turn this thing around. I hope that conservatives will come out. I hope that independents will come out and they would actually start voting in some of these local elections, man. And that's that's something that I always talk about. Don't just vote in the general. We really got to get out there and get involved in what's going on in our communities. It is one thing that I always say, no matter what happens with the president, and, and, and Kevin as well, we always say this to, uh, you know, to each other and to a bunch of other people. Despite what happens with the presidential election, we have to take care of home. We have to take care of home. If we take care of home, we can force people on the outside to do things that cater to us. But first, got to take care of you.
6: And I think it's beginning to dawn on some people when you watch some of these interviews with the Occupy uh, Wall Street crowds around the country that uh, the literacy level is so lacking, and it begins to prove the point of how important things like your local school board election can actually be because they're producing the next generations of Americans who are going to determine whether we remain free or not.
2: That's a fact. That is a fact. There's some tricky things going on. Excuse me. There's a whole lot of tricky things going on with these local school boards, a lot of tricky Mm -hmm. things going on within these local politics. And and, and when I say local, I'm even talking down to city councilmen. There's a lot of things going Mm -hmm. on within the city council. Um, You know, I was looking at Mr. John Nix out there in Kenton. I thought for sure that this man would win on, you know, on the stance that he was taking out there in Kenton. I I was like, hey, man, this guy – he, he's got it going on, and even he didn't win, so I think we got a lot of people who are still voting for uh that old school buddy buddy, you know my mom's a Democrat, my mom's a Republican, so that's how I'm going to vote instead of actually voting for people who are results driven and who have who you know who have a legitimate platform you know
6: that's right, and let me, you know both my parents were Democrats, but they were conservative Democrats. And the yeah. values that they stood for are now what I'm personally finding in the Republican Party. And I think we've really seen a metamorphosis between the 1960s and now in the 21st century where yeah. the two parties have really flip-flopped.
2: Yeah. And they starting had. to
6: dawn on people. And, and I go back to Dan Forrest. Dan Forrest doesn't need to be identified as a Republican to impress people. Because it's his values, it's what he expresses and what people know that he stands for. And if people will get away from just pulling the straight-ticket lever and actually get educated on who the candidates are and what they stand for, I think we'll have a whole lot better outcome from an educated voting public.
2: Well, i tell you what, I think everybody on this show knows what I stand for, and if it was up to me, straight-ticket would be illegal, but I, I don't. I don't feel like you should be able to vote straight ticket. I can't. I hate it. I can't stand it. It's one of the most despicable things that we have in voting today. Is that straight ticket mess where it allows you to vote for any old idiot that puts their name on the ballot just because you're affiliated with them by a political party. That's
6: right. And, and most I mean, of the uh, local elections are nonpartisan. In a lot of sure. jurisdictions, they're nonpartisan. And if yeah. you don't bother to go over and pull those levers, you wind up voting a straight ticket for the partisan races and casting no vote whatsoever in yeah. the nonpartisan races.
2: That's a fact. And, and, yeah. and you know, just things like that is, is, is what we need to get out more to everybody so people can know exactly what's going on. And and, and I think, you know, I'll, I'll go out on the limb and say thanks to this show. I, I'll have to say that, honestly, I think, and I'll be conservative in my numbers, I think that at least twenty to 30,000 people won't vote straight ticket just from the information that they get from this show. I got to say mm-hmm. that, I got to believe that, and I hope it's more than that, you know what I mean? But I believe it in my heart to be so, because, you know, we've, we've invited people on who speak nothing but the truth, who could care less about a party and really care about issues and who are results-driven. So, you know, this is what I set out to do, Major Dave. This is what I believe in, and I'm just not going to stop, man. But, you know, the straight-ticket thing, I hate it. I can't stand it. Hopefully we can do it Amen. with Amen.
6: Well, I know you're coming to the top of the hour at another break. So, my friend, just keep doing what you're doing. you got a lot of supporters out here behind you,
2: 110%. I definitely appreciate the support, too. I need all I can get, man. And uh, call in any time, Major Day. We'll have you on because you're doing some great things out there, too, my brother. Don't be modest in letting the people know how busy you are because I've seen you up 4 in the morning with me. So, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen your Facebook light on at 4 in the morning, brother, so I know I'm not alone out there.
6: Taking care of business, my friend.
2: Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Be blessed. Have a good one.
6: You too, Pudgy. Take care.
2: So uh that was that was my man. I call him my brother from another, big brother from another. You know, I got a bunch of big brothers out here, man. What can I say? Shout out to Major Dave and and you know what? It's time to close the show, but I gotta say this. Through all the things that we talk about on this show, and all all the guests that we have on this show. And, and some of the stance that I take on things and some of the issues I have with this, that, and the other the political community or whatever, I got to say that, you know, what we what we strive to do is, is love one another, inform each other, and uh, help promote education and teach each other, you know, what way we should go, or at least bring a different ideology to you, uh, different from what the norm is. We want to be different from what the news is, and that's what we strive to do. We don't I don't set out to have this show out here, and and I know I'm about to close here in one minute. I don't set out to bring this show, you know, just for controversy purposes um, whatsoever. I don't endorse candidates just because they're conservatives. I don't endorse candidates just because it's something in it for me. When I choose to endorse a candidate, it's because they're saying something that I like and something that I feel like is right for all people, not just black people, not just Democrats, not just Republicans, for all people. So with that said, I salute all the veterans out there, man. I appreciate you guys for doing what you do on uh, just our just past Veterans Day. I appreciate you guys showing us so much love and, and always coming through the show, you know, sending us the emails. If you got any email comments, make sure you hit us up, krpradio at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on our Facebook page at Facebook.com backslash KRP radio show, or you can search it, K-I-R-P Radio Show. And also you can find us on Twitter at symbol NC Pudgy is me, at symbol NC Pudgy, I'm sorry, at symbol KRP Radio Show is the show. And uh, leave us a comment, man, you know, leave us a comment, and uh, let us know what you think about the show from time to time, or you can call in, 619-638-8559 is the number. Anytime you got a comment on the show, just dial in and press 1. We are out of here, folks. I really appreciate everybody coming through and showing us that love. Make sure you come through next week, folks. Next week we'll be back on the air And, uh, you know, it's going to be a beautiful thing. So you're listening to the number one black conservative radio show in the Southeastern United States, and it's all because of you guys. Thanks for coming through. Mm
0: Real goal recognize, real goal, recognize, real goal, recognize, real, hey, real only gold, recognize, still, still I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine, I get the side, let's go.